0: Fighting for freedom every day. They are absolutely desperate to pretend the last four years never happened and for them to go back to what they liked to do before, which is create these massive spending bills to pretend that it's really, really important to you when you only get about 5% of what's in the bill and they can't do it because we're aware of it. We're paying attention to it and they don't like that. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy You have to admit, you're a little bit frustrated with what's going on in Washington, D.C., right? Yeah, or really just all around the country. We right now have a cyber symposium that's getting no attention in any way, shape, or form. Although, I got to admit, Mike Lindell, if you're going to do the cyber symposium and if you're going to be up there and actually hosting an actual event that's a three-day conference, can you get like a moderator or something? I love Mike Lindell to death. Never met the guy, but sounds like a great guy, obviously a great message, very religious individual, very conservative, promoting conservative values, trying to get down to the bottom of the election fraud going on in the nation. But if you're going to do it, could you like make it a little more structured with a moderator? Because it sounds a little like scatterbrained when you're up there just kind of ranting. I haven't watched a whole lot of it. I still have not had a chance to do so. Maybe this weekend I'm going to sit down and just watch like the whole three-day conference or something if it's recorded somewhere. Uh, I have heard that there is some interesting information on that with uh, elections, not just the presidential election, but different congressional seats around the nation as well that could have been flipped by by some of these irregularities in the electronic voting machines as well. So I find that kind of interesting. We have that. We have inflation on the rise right now, a 20-year high with inflation apparently a success for the Biden administration. I know, they're excited. I mean, when you ask them about it just a month or two ago, they said, well, that just shows a sign of successful policy from us with the recovery of the economy. Not quite sure how that works. I'm not really sure. I don't know, because apparently when inflation goes up, that means we're doing well, which means we're spending more money on the same goods and people should be very... We're out of that or something. I don't know. We have that. We still have the labor shortage in the country. It's just a mess right now, and we're trying to figure out how to move forward. Welcome to the broadcast. Broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio stations, radio TV, live streaming, podcasting all over the country, wherever you may be watching or listening. Your millennial general reporting for duty here on The Voice Reason like we do every single day. Bottom of the hour. Super excited. have on the program, she is the author of the book Born to Fight Lincoln and Trump. Is there a correlation between the 16th president of the United States and the 45th president of the United States? As we talk with Gretchen Waller, we'll chat with her at the bottom of the hour. Right now, is is the COVID thing still a thing? Got to be honest. I've kind of not paid attention to it for a few days, and I really don't want to anymore. Is the COVID thing still a thing? Because right now, apparently... More states and cities are trying to lock things down. Again, Los Angeles, I'm sorry for you guys. There's a lot of conservatives that listen to the show out in L.A. and California. We love you guys. I don't know how you survive out in California and Los Angeles right now. As L.A. businesses beginning to demand vaccination proof for different stores, restaurants, movie theaters, and other public places for you to go. If you want to go out in public, you got to show your vaccination card. I have to admit I'm kind of glad I live in Kansas because that's not going to happen. And even if it did, I'll find a way to survive on my own without doing that because I'm over the COVID thing. Most people are over the COVID thing. We don't want to talk about the vaccine anymore. We don't want to talk about mask mandates anymore. I am on the teetering point of taking Little Voice of Reason and doing the homeschooling uh, right now, which we're working on some of those options. Right now, in the area that she's in, they're not mandating masks, so we're going to send her to school temporarily, but we'll see how long that lasts. I don't know. I think we're just going to have to do the homeschooling anyway. So I've told uh, Mrs. Voice of Reason that I think we just need to do the microschooling have her be a teacher for community students and we could teach them the proper way. We could do like pin the tail on the donkey and have it be like the back end of Barack Obama or something, you know, or the Democrat party like logo and emblem. I think <laughs> I think we could teach them, you know, survivalist skills on how to do the planting and the gardening, how to shoot firearms. I'm thinking we could do a a, a little mini school, the micro school out of our backyard. The Hoosier Media Network micro school. I think I'm kind of down with this idea. I don't know. It's time to do something different. But right now, they're not mandating the mask, at least in her little area. They're recommending, but they're not mandating. So we'll see how long that lasts. We have the headline right now that the Pfizer vaccine apparently is only 42% effective in the month of July because so many individuals have been uh, caught and tested positive for the virus after getting the vaccine. (laughs) I don't know what to tell you on that one, but I think people are just done with it. They're sick and tired of having to listen to the headlines. They're sick and tired of listening to people uh, go on about it and be silenced about it. Rand Paul uh, actually got banned from YouTube because he questioned mask mandates, saying that cloth masks don't do any good and we shouldn't have to wear masks. And that banned him off of YouTube. I will give him credit. And I love Rand Paul. Huge fan of Rand Paul. He made fun of the wearing masks on airplanes and the mandate there where you need to vaccine, uh, show your proof of vaccination and or wear masks on airplanes here soon. He went after that one. Then he posted this, and it's about three, three and a half minutes long. So I'm going to play it, but we'll try and break it up a little bit so that way it's not three and a half minutes of him completely. But he's had enough as well, and this is the point we need to be at. This is truly where we need to go. The The stance we need to, as conservatives, as not even as conservatives, Just as liberty-minded individuals that like individual sovereignty. If you choose to wear your mask, if you choose to get the vaccine, if you choose to live your life a certain way, do your thing, man. I don't really care. But the forcefulness from the government has to stop. No more incentives. No more using taxpayer money to buy people off to get the vaccine. No more forcing people to do so in order to partake in said organization or said certain event. No more. It's time to take a stand. And Rand Paul, the fact that the elected officials are encouraging this means it's time for us to do so as well. We always say, "What can we do?" We get frustrated. We want to fight, but then we get frustrated because the elected officials don't actually fight. Well, guess what? There are a few that are, and when they are, that means we need to jump and piggyback on back of that message as well and ride along with it. This is what Rand Paul had to say just a day or so ago.
1: It's time for us to resist. They can't arrest all of us. They can't keep all of your kids home from school. They can't keep every government building closed, although I've got a long list of ones they might keep closed or might ought to keep closed. We don't have to accept the mandates, lockdowns, and harmful policies of the petty tyrants and bureaucrats. We can simply say no, not again. Nancy Pelosi, you will not arrest or stop me or anyone on my staff from doing our jobs.
0: All right, let's stop right there. First off, do you realize how much or how... School districts get their money. They get it from the number of students that are actually enrolled in the district. If you're taking them out to go to private school and homeschooling, then they lose money. That's why a lot of the schools ended up seeing such a decrease and they panicked, which is why they're up in the debate. And we don't know whether to do mask mandates or non-mask mandates. We don't know what to do right now. Because... If you've noticed, the administrators and the teachers and the administration within the school district locally all over the country, they're the ones wanting to put in the mask mandates. The parents are at the school board meetings yelling and screaming at the school board saying don't pass the mask mandates because we don't want them because we want to make their uh, our own decision on our own. But it's the administration that thinks we know better than you as the parent. We're going to have decisions for your children over you as the parent and as the legal guardian. So, therefore, we're going to make our own policy decisions and we're going to do the mask mandates. But if you pull them out, they don't get as much money. They lose funds. And that's where it hits them. If you notice in the world of politics, in the world in general as well, money drives decisions good decisions and bad decisions, it's all based on finances. If they can financially sustain themselves, if they take a hit, or if they do something bad, whether it's a private product and people don't want to buy the consumer product that's being put out there by the company, or whether it's a manufacturing thing and it's too pricey or too expensive or the quality's not there, or whether the education system, if if they have poor quality or they have a poor system or they're telling you that they're going to make a decision for your children outside of your own decision – You can do something about that. And by doing something about that, I mean if you have the opportunity to do so, do the homeschooling. Take that financial uh, incentive away from the local school district because now we have that opportunity and we have an elected official encouraging us to stand up and do that.
1: We have either had COVID, had the vaccine, or been offered the vaccine. We will make our own health choices, we will not show you a passport. We will not wear a mask. We will not be forced into random screenings and testings so you can continue your drunk with power reign over the Capitol. President Biden, we will not accept your agency's mandates or your reported moves towards a lockdown. No one should follow the CDC's anti-science mask mandates. And if you want to shut down federal agencies again, some of which aren't even back to work yet, I will stop every bill coming through the Senate with an amendment to cut their funding if they don't come back to work in person.
0: All right, let's stop right there for a second. Haven't we been calling to do this for a while? Go about your business. If you want to wear the mask, do it on your own accord. If you want to get the uh, to get the vaccine, do it on your own accord. But businesses to mandate this, shame on you if you choose to do that. School districts, if you mandate children to do this, and if you're trying to encourage vaccination of 12-year-olds, absolutely shame on you. I see that as borderline child abuse. That is sick. That is pathetic. And how dare you try to vaccinate children unnecessarily when they don't even get sick from this illness. It's time to fight back and not fighting back by taking arms and rising up, fighting back by going about your business, not listening to them in any way, shape, or form. You go to work, you go get your goods, you go shopping, you walk around the parks, you go to the event centers, you go do a, go see a show, you go eat at a restaurant, you go take a date night out with your significant other, you go home, you visit your family, you have a family gathering, you go out to the lake, you go out to the park, you do whatever you want to do. Don't listen to the fools that tell you this is what you have to do to function in society. No, And if they try it, You disobey it. Yes, civil disobedience by refusing the mask in a public place if you have to, or just not going there, or the business taking your money elsewhere, refusing to get the vaccine, or carrying around a stupid little vaccine card. No. No. It's not going to happen.
1: Local bureaucrats and union bosses, we will not allow you to do more harm to our children again this year. Children are not at any more risk from COVID than they are from the seasonal flu. Every adult who works in schools has either had the vaccine or had their chance to get vaccinated. There is no reason for mask mandates, part-time schools, or any lockdown measures. Children are falling behind in school and are being harmed physically and psychologically by the tactics that you have used to keep them from the classroom during the last year. We won't allow it again. If a school system attempts to keep children from full-time in-person school, I will hold up every bill with two amendments, one to defund them and another to allow parents the choice of where the money goes for their child's education. Do I sound fed up to you? That's because I am. I'm not a career politician. I practiced medicine for 33 years. I graduated from Duke Medical School. I've worked in emergency rooms. I've studied immunology and virology and I ultimately chose to become an eye surgeon. I've been telling everyone for a year now that Dr. Fauci and other public health bureaucrats were not following the science and I've been proven right time and time again. But I'm not the only one who's fed up. I can't go anywhere these days without people coming up and thanking me for standing up for them. Whether I'm at work or at events in Kentucky, at airports, in restaurants, or in stores, people thank me for taking a stand.
0: All right, there you go. That's that's enough time on that. We got to take a break here in a minute. But I think people are frustrated. I think people are over it. I think that we have had enough So we can make our own decisions, but we've had enough from the bureaucrats, from the local levels in every local health department all over the country, to the state health departments, to the CDC, to Fauci, to the World Health Organization, all the way up. We're done. We're sick of it. We're not abiding by any of the laws or rules anymore. We don't care if you try to shut things down, Biden. We're not going to listen to it. And thank God we have elected officials like that will take a stand and try to fight. We need more of them on the county commission levels across the nation, in city councils across the nation, at state legislative levels the, across the nation, and there in Washington, D.C. Back after this here on The Voice of Reason.
1: The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier.
0: Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? helping you defend and preserve this great republic.
1: You're listening to The Voice of Reason
0: with Andy Hoosier. I just got one more quick thing to say on the on the COVID thing, then we'll move on. I know people are sick and tired of it. Coming up, we do have Gretchen Waller at the bottom of the hour with her latest book comparing the 16th president, Abraham Lincoln, to the 45th president, Donald J. Trump. Is there a correlation? We'll do that when we come back and have some fun there. Plus, I want to get an update on the symposium going on and some elections that are happening right now as well with the recall election going on in California. What's the latest there? Are Republicans, is there a chance for Republicans to actually take that seat? Say what? So we'll do that here in a bit as well. Real quickly, though, I do have to laugh as we Hear about the science and the facts, and you just trust the science that Fauci is putting out, that the World Health Organization is putting out, that the CDC is putting out. Just trust the science. The science tells you to get the vaccine. The science is telling you this. The science is telling you that. I find it hilarious because right now the CDC is kind of lagging on their data reporting anyways to where a lot of health departments across the country are waiting for certain Uh, Reports to come out and certain data issues to come out from the CDC to make better decisions on what to do. Now, conveniently, this is happening when the Delta variant started spreading. And as you know, the Delta variant is, yes, more contagious, very scary. That's what you hear all the time. But yet less severe because that has a death rate of right around 003 to 0.08%. Here in my state, in the state of Kansas, looking at the numbers now, if all of the deaths that have happened over the last month or so are related to the Delta variant only, it would be at 0.08%. Yeah, only if all of them were. Now, all of them are not. All they're saying is that hospitalizations are up and deaths are going back up and cases are going back up because of Delta, because it's more contagious. When you look at it, at least here in the state of Kansas, haven't looked at every state across the nation, our death rate sitting at about 0.08 percent. And that's with both the regular COVID and the Delta variant of COVID that's still lower than the uh, the death rate is the lowest that it's been for the entire uh, pandemic for the last year and a half. But... They try to panic you and scare you and tell you that it's more contagious, so therefore get the vaccine. And But the reporting hasn't come out really yet on the vaccines and how efficient they're actually working as of right now. In other nations, however, we are starting to get some information. According to Axios.com, in South Africa, a study with Johnson & Johnson vaccine shows it's effective against the Delta variant, particularly against death. Okay, we can look at the report later. as more detail. The Public Health of England... Published data collected through the end of July showing that the vaccinated people are less likely than unvaccinated to become infected with Delta. But once they are infected, they are equally as contagious. Say what? So they're still encouraging the vaccine because then it's less of a chance for you to actually get it. But once you do get it, then you can then you can spread it and you can have symptoms just as badly as a, as a vaccinated or unvaccinated individual. At the same time, Imperial College in London released their latest study showing that vaccine effectiveness against symptomatic disease has dropped significantly. Let me repeat that again. Found that vaccines effectiveness against symptomatic individuals, meaning if you already have symptoms of the virus and they inject you, that the uh effectiveness is dropping with the rise of the Delta variant in the U.K., so not very effective against those in the U.K. against the Delta vi- variant. Meanwhile, here, back on the range, back in the United States of America, the CDC published data on the vaccine's effectiveness in older Americans except the data only went through April before the Delta variant even became a thing. Here's the next crazy part. As they try to disregard some of their information, they're trying again to push this vaccine uh, mandates and trying to push this vaccine narrative is that they say 99.99% of people who are fully vaccinated against COVID-19 have not had breakthrough cases. However, at the same time, Three-quarters, or 74%, of all reported breakthrough cases that did happen happened among seniors age 65 years and older. Wait, what? Correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't that the demographic, 65 years and older, that are usually older with less uh, uh, less strong immune systems, compromised immune systems, aren't those that we need to protect anyways? The younger, healthier individuals that probably wouldn't have gotten sick anyways didn't get sick. So they're like, oh, look, it didn't happen, a breakthrough case because they are they got vaccinated. No, it's because they were young and had a strong immune system. And the ones that it's supposed to protect, 74% of the breakthrough cases are from them.
1: The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. When Reason Meets Radio, you're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Uh, It
0: goes by so fast. Slow down. Time, slow down. I'm sure everybody likes to say that. Welcome back into The Voice of Reason. Thanks for hanging out, trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that five-pound bag, trying to rebrand the millennial generation. One radio listener at a time, radio and TV, and the live streaming, and the podcasting, we're still killing it on our downloads all over the country. Thank you so much for that. That's awesome. We're still killing it with our live stream, with our hits on our website, signing up for the newsletter at reason.com. You can find all of our social media, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, twitch.tv, uh, ourfreedombook.com, Instagram, TikTok. All of it with the handle at Who's Your Reason. Yeah, we are solid all across the board. You can find it at the same handle on all of those social media sites, H-O-O-S-E-R Reason. Also at the website at who'syourreason.com, the fastest hour of radio on radio. And I don't care what any other host tells you. I'm sure that there's a few others. I know there's a couple others. I was actually just on the program with Armed American Radio. The great Mark Walters was on his show just before we started our program last hour, so that was a lot of fun, and I always appreciate chatting with him. He always says that he's got the fastest hour. Uh -uh, Uh-uh. Uh-uh. It's right here on The Voice Reason. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Let's shift gears a little bit. I do want to get into the California election, the recall election here in just a bit, along with some more of this new data coming out from the CDC, or lack thereof, when it comes to COVID, the Delta variant, and the efficiency of the vaccines. But let's get into something different today. What do you say? What's trending today? As I am super excited to talk about this next book, as I, I think this is fascinating. I love finding correlations. And are we, uh, did we at least see a glimpse of of what we've done in the past here in the country in different cycles or at least trying to represent and what's the correlation between the two. Author of the book Born to Fight, Lincoln and Trump. Our next guest, she's a small business owner, community educator, uh, the past chairman of her local school board, also current chairperson uh, or also a uh, member of the local school board as as well. It's Gretchen Waller here with us. Gretchen, how are you, my friend?
2: I'm great. Thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, I appreciate you coming on the show very much. It's uh, I, I really look forward to Jen with you here, is there, how much of a correlation is there between back in the good old days of Abraham Lincoln, kind of, and uh, Donald Trump t- that we saw just a few years ago?
2: Oh, my goodness. There's ten chapters worth of correlation between <laughs> him, not just the times in which we are. We're in a divided America. Yeah. There's no room for compromise in the middle. There are two sides, and that's just the beginning. There are nine chapters. In this book of how Donald Trump and Abraham Lincoln are similar, and I'm not talking about just their their uh, the way people talk about their hair or their first ladies and how they completely blast what Mary Lincoln and Melania Trump always wore, but how they fight their faith, their ancestries, how they raise their children, how they keep it real, and masters of communication – Leadership styles and actually both are self made men. Unbelievable, but Donald Trump is a self made man. Yeah. So many similarities.
0: I had no idea it went that deep. So let's talk about some of this. Before we get into the policy and the politics side of it, let's talk about the personal side. Now, I don't know much about Abraham Lincoln's wife. I've actually, I love history and I love that time era Civil War era. Always oh, really fascinated me, but I've never actually looked into the lifestyle of Abraham Lincoln nor his family at all. So, talk about some of those similarities between his livelihood, his family lifestyle, and the same as Trump.
2: Oh, well, you know, both Abraham Lincoln and Donald Trump did not like to talk about their personal lives, neither one. Whenever Abraham Lincoln Uh, entered the presidency. He was asked for biographical information during the campaign, and he said you can't make anything of it except it's in Gray's Elegy, The Annals of the Poor. And that's he didn't like to talk about it. Donald Trump does not like to talk about his personal side of life. Um, So that's definitely a similarity, but they're actually very similar. They were both drawn to strong, independent, smart women, Mary Lincoln, Um, She is that. She was very, very savvy, and Lincoln really appreciated that about her. Both are workaholic husbands. Um, Both are, um, they tend to leave the child rearing to their wives. Um, Actually, Abraham Lincoln had two failed love affairs before he found his first lady, and Donald Trump, of course, had two failed marriages before he found his first lady. So, so many similarities there. They both wanted... A lot of people don't realize Abraham Lincoln, those closest to him, knew him for his supreme self-confidence, his inexhaustible ambition, mean streak, braggadocio, arrogance, vanity... Who else do we know like that? Well, Donald Trump wears it all on his sleeve. Abraham Lincoln, it was subdued because it didn't work for him publicly. It was a different time then. But both incredible fighters stood up and said, "Uh uh-uh, that is enough whenever the Democrats and the liberal left want to turn our nation into something that worked for them and they loved it. Elites lording over the masses. That's what slavery was. They wanted it across the nation. And Donald Trump is fighting socialism. Democrats again who want to spread all those absurd things that are in the blue run states to the rest of the nation. And he stood up and said, Uh uh, that's enough. So that's why half the nation hates him. Half the nation hated Abraham Lincoln for, you know, the war he fought. Unity was not achieved until after four years of horrific and destructive civil war. Then, after he conquered them, then we were brought back together. I don't think we have hit that breaking point yet today, but I believe it's coming.
0: I agree with that. I I believe it's coming. I want to get into the division and the similarities between divisiveness then and today, because you're right, I think it is very similar, and I want to go deeper into that. I was not aware, though, that he was— a very staunch and very outspoken in that sense uh, being Abraham Lincoln, because whenever we portray him in plays or in movies or when we try to think about him, he's always portrayed as like the very quiet guy in the corner, the very philosophical guy that looks at both sides and just analyzes everything and then comes out. And when he speaks, it's almost like that Jesus moment where he speaks and everything comes out. is just like pure philosophy and like, oh, that aha moment. But it sounds like he wasn't quite that kind of guy.
2: Oh, no. He in, in my book, you have to read the chapter Common Man. It just brings out all those things. I believe we know kind of the sanitized version of Abraham Lincoln. It just kind of happens through history. Things get lost. Uh, his son, Robert, whenever Lincoln was assassinated, he actually got rid of a lot of things. He didn't want people really knowing. His father was just a normal guy, and he actually had a lot of cringe worthy attributes um, to go along with that. But yeah he is a, a normal guy his humor. A lot of people don't realize that his humor was really oh, he didn't care the subject as long as the joke was really good mm-hmm. and had that 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 super wit to it and the stories that he told. but scatological, kind of locker roomish. Um, Lincoln was asked, why don't you put all of your stories into a book? And he said, such a book would stink like a thousand privies. (laughs) So
0: I love it. So the big question is then, so if Twitter was around at that time, would he be just as uh, uh, controversial on the Tweety as Donald Trump is?
2: Well, I believe that he would have absolutely used the technology of the day, and he did. Any technology, he would have absolutely taken advantage of it. Of course, back then, you know, closest thing to Twitter, and he used it during the war years, was uh, Morse code. That mm. that was basically he, – he had to keep it short. Yeah. Um, but yes, Lincoln actually used whatever means possible if he could get his message out to the people. So just like Donald Trump, of course, there was no 24-7 news cycle um, but Lincoln definitely took advantage of whatever was available. Um, he, you know, you had to write a letter, or you had to write things down. There was no recording, so he had to really pick and choose. Yeah. He couldn't keep up with answering everybody. It just was would have been too much because all of that handwriting, he had to save it for really important things. I
0: could see him doing that as like a Twitter thing and on the uh, Morris code, just tweeting out to everybody and be like, uh, this senator is a rhino Republican and a hack and should not be trusted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think you know, be Abraham
2: Lincoln, absolutely. He could ridicule political opponents with the best of them. But he, you know, things were different then. Whenever you run for president back then, you weren't out amidst everybody. You kind of took a, a back seat and just let the the machine work. Um, but I have no doubt if Abraham Lincoln were alive today, he would take advantage of every possible opportunity to speak. And and he, you know, the speeches we know about him, um, those wonderful. Uh, Gettysburg Address and his first and second inaugurals, those were very practiced, well-rehearsed speeches. But normally when he spoke, he, a lot like Donald Trump, he kept it simple He kept it absolutely bold and concise. Straight talk is what you always got from Abraham Lincoln and Donald Trump.
0: And Donald Trump. No, I love it. We're talking with Gretchen Waller, born to fight Lincoln and Trump. You can find her online on the website at gretchenwaller.com as well. we got just about a minute before we have to take a break. Can you stick over one more segment with us as well? Sure. That'd be great. Uh, that'd be great. I want to tease it and kind of leading up to this is I want to talk about what they did, both with the political realm and the division uh, between the two time eras, but also the starting of a new movement as well. Obviously, Lincoln being the first Republican president in the country and starting that Republican movement, Trump kind of started this whole MAGA movement as well with this populist conservative movement as well. And we can find some similarities, uh, similarities in that as well. So it's fascinating is you're right to watch these two and what they did, how they handled the times and the eras that they actually lived in. We'll take a break. When we come back, I want to talk about some of those. Plus, I want to kind of recap some of these current events as well. It is a Wednesday, the midweek celebration here on The Voice of Reason. Right around the corner, the difference in the similarities between Abraham Lincoln, the 16th president, and Donald J. Trump, the 45th president. Is there a correlation between those two? It's looking like it. Are we going through a cycle? And if so, what can we learn from the past to be able to look forward to what's going to come in the near future here in america we'll do all that and more here on the voice of reason stay here the
1: voice of reason with andy hoosier
0: hey it's andy hoosier with the voice of reason fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at whosyourreason.com. Again, whosyourreason.com. Go check it out. Why?
1: You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program.
0: Last few minutes of the show like we do on a midweek celebration, the post-to-post Monday, the pre-pre-Friday, however you want to look at it. It's great to have you on The Voice of Reason like you do every single day. I love these conversations. Absolutely love them. I am a history nut and a nerd. I love learning about history, not to mention the correlations of what's going on today because if you don't understand the past, you're doomed to repeat it. You ever hear that one before? <laughs> and it sounds like we're riding through it right now as we talk with the author of the book, Born to Fight, Lincoln and Trump. You can find the book online. You can find it at bookstores. Also on the website at GretchenWallert.com as Gretchen's on the line with us here. And with the last few minutes, Gretchen, let's talk about uh, a couple of things. Number one, the uh, let's talk about the division because obviously that's one of the biggest things that sticks out in my mind when a correlation between Abraham Lincoln and in Donald Trump is the division. We obviously had a civil war at that time uh, on numerous things. It was about racism and slavery, but it wasn't just about that. We had taxes and regulation uh, from the South. We had the South believing that uh, they didn't have the right population size to actually have a say in federal elections that were going on. There was a lot of issues going on then. Now, I see a lot of similarities. We have one side wanting socialism and higher taxes and regulation. We have another side that doesn't doesn't feel like their votes properly being uh, actually accounted for uh, right now. We have identity politics again with the same party, ironically, that was advocating for slavery and segregation, now supporting resegregation and identity politics with uh, Black Lives Matter and anti fun We need to be apologizing because of our white supremacy and all this other garbage and and uh, white privilege and all this other stuff. Um, the sa- it's weird. The same issues are causing the same type of divide. We just haven't seen a physical civil war, which is a good thing. But if we can learn from the past, do you think something like that could potentially happen again? Or this division going to be here for a while? Can we find common ground again? What can we learn from this?
2: Well, we can learn that, yes, you, you said it exactly. It's like if we don't know our history, we are doomed to repeat it. And we are repeating that divided America because we're actually fighting the same adversary Lincoln identified early in his political career. He referred to the Locofocos and Mobocrats. Those are terms he used for the Democrat Party. And it's all about limiting freedom. Those, those things that, um, the division then, of course, was the South, Southern Democrats, and You need to kind of know your history. There were no no anti-slavery Democrats. Lincoln actually gave up toward the end of the war, even getting support from Democrats, because he realized that they are all for the same thing. It didn't matter if they were in the North or the South. So he just kind of gave up, even trying to get their help on certain things, because he discovered that. And he actually simplified the fight back then. And Lincoln was great about that. Just like Donald Trump is, he wants the people to understand exactly what's going on. He said, the crisis was basically, the conflict of the Civil War was basically slavery. You believe it's right. We believe it's wrong. And we have that going today, only it's with socialism. Yes, you can kind of get lost in the details, but we are as polarized today as they were prior to the Civil War and in, in fighting this, this same adversary, it's, you know, hardworking Americans who believe in foundational freedoms, true history, respect for our flag, they want strength and prosperity, and then against the liberals, the globalist, anti-American haters of traditional values, they want a weak government-controlled people, and that's it. They limit freedom. In the in Abraham Lincoln's time, it was they wanted the slave plantation, and the absurdity was escalated there is no no limit to the absurdity of the left um they they said slavery it's a it's a necessary evil and then it became a positive good they said oh no it's a positive good you need to use it in the northern factories we have to have it everywhere across america and that's when lincoln stood up and said hey wait a minute uh -uh. he actually said evil can't stand discussion And I'm quoting Lincoln. What kills the skunk is the publicity it gives itself. What a skunk wants to do is keep snug under the barn in the daytime when men are around with shotguns. Whatever we call them, no, the Democrats have been skunks hiding under that barn for decades, coming out in the night when we're all asleep. Darkness hides their havoc. But today they become even bolder and even more destructive in the daylight. And we see that there is no room for compromise today. And the Republicans which Lincoln actually called and the last best hope of Earth, Yeah. American Republicans. He said, you've got to get rid of the rhinos it. and you've got to get on the ball.
0: Man, I love it. Gretchen Wallet, we are out of time. I could talk to you for an hour and more about this. I love this topic so much. Born to fight Lincoln and Trump. He nailed it. That's a beautiful quote to wrap up the show with. And it just puts things into perspective what we have to continue to fight for. Gretchen, let's get you back on the program again soon. Great. Anytime. Thank you. Appreciate it very much. Podcast going up in a little bit. I'm Andy Hoosier. This is The Voice of Reason. We'll see you on the radio tomorrow. Have a good one. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you.